Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. All right, more candidate interviews here on a Friday afternoon. Michael Hendricks, he is uh, running for the house up in Santa Fe. He is a great guy. I uh, appreciate him a lot. I consider him a friend. And uh, he is here to talk about what's going on on the campaign trail and how's it look. 17 days in. Michael, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on, Eddie. Absolutely. Well, we're glad that you've been on and uh, we hear your ads and we enjoy uh, hearing about you. So what what are the big issues that you're running on? And I know we spoke last week. We had uh, a little interference running from one of the most powerful House members, Damon Eli, and all of that. And I think you did a good job of, of managing that. And that seemed to just, you know, die down almost immediately. So that was good. But uh, what what are the issues that you are really focused on? I don't want to talk about the the dissonance and the, the outside uh, periphery uh, information that's out there. What, what are the actual issues you're running on? Well, number one, the biggest thing that is going to be facing us in 2021 is a huge uh, budget deficit. Um, and with the folks in Santa Fe spending everything that they get in rather than saving for rainy days and making sure that with our economy the way it's built, the foundation being on the oil and gas, uh, we have to make sure that we have money put away we have to be uh, wise with our money, good stewards of the money that the people have given us, uh, and make sure that we can make the state run in an efficient and effective manner uh, without putting ourselves into the poorhouse and obviously violating the Constitution, which requires a balanced budget. So that's the number one issue, and I think that's the number one issue on everyone's mind. Number two, obviously, is crime. Uh, but I, I, we have seen some great results, and I've been listening to your, your show and, and talking to former Chief Geyer uh, which I know pretty well as well, and the stuff that he's been able to do, and then the federal government coming in with Operation Legend and being able to help us reduce some of the violent crime. But there's more to do, obviously, a lot more to do in one of the most dangerous cities in the country uh, and one of the most dangerous states in the country uh, per capita. So uh, we need to start addressing that. I think that's another big issue. And then also looking to uh, broaden the education sphere. So that's another big thing because if we don't have an educated uh, group of children coming out of high school and uh, going into tech school or college, um, then we're not going to be able to attract businesses here because we don't have an educated populace. So we have to do that. And then we also want to keep them here. So that's a, a, a dual, a two-edged sword, right? We've got to have the jobs to keep them here, but we also have them educated in order for the jobs to want to come here. In a weird way, all these are very uh, connected. Let's start first there with the budget. Uh, we had a $7.8 billion budget proposed. Uh, they cut about $700 million of that. Uh, it was a record uh, budget. In fact, uh, it was uh, really blown up from roughly about $6.4 billion to $7.8 billion. Uh, unbelievable. They took the additional two point one that Governor Susana Martinez left behind to going into 2019, used that, and then found more ways to go ahead and get that. Big subsidies for the film industry, big subsidies uh, for you know, friends and supporters of Michelle Lujan Grisham. But the big push there was uh, early childhood education. That was the big thing. And, you know, number one and number three on your points are very uh, well related. Where are you on early childhood education? Uh, we know the PED was out of uh, uh, town uh, in Philadelphia, I believe, until mid-July, early August. But uh, it, it just seems like our educational budget, with, ironically, our, our schools being shut down, is just completely and, and totally blown out of proportion. 
So there are a couple things there. Number one, the the stats show that putting kids into school at earlier ages don't necessarily benefit the children in the future. Um, but number two, a lot of people believe that throwing money at a problem is what's going to be fixing the problem or what's going to allow the problem to be fixed. But what we see here is we at APS um, specifically spend around $17,000 per pupil per year um, and we have one of the lowest results in the nation. Yet Utah, for instance, spends under $6,000 per pupil per year and has one of the highest results in the nation. Um, so we need to look at ways that we can be effective um, in the use of that money rather than just throwing more money at it. And I think one of the ways that we do that is uh, getting rid of some of the administration. These are things that I cannot do um, as a House of Representatives um, up there as a legislator. Um, but there are things that we can help work on, ideas that we can bring to the table um, and ways that we can solve problems when we inevitably have to say, look, there's just not enough money to continue funding the budget the way it was. Um, and so now we need to move forward and look at how we can run a very efficient, effective program. And that, that's one of my uh, specific talents that I actually have because I have a master's in business administration and one of the biggest things I studied was the Toyota model and, and folks like that, uh, the green models, the Six Sigma, looking at how we're able to implement effective, efficient operations into a system where generally you have a lot of glut uh, and pork and be able to achieve a better result even with less money or uh, sometimes even less uh, movement around the system. Um, so that's one of the things we need to do. Uh, but, of course, we have an issue in that if we don't get our budget under control and we don't allow ourselves to grow the economy or help ourselves, rather, to grow the economy, then we'll be looking at budget cuts down the road uh, as well. So for years to come, with the re reduction in GRT, uh, the, the decrease in oil prices and so on and so forth, those things aren't going to go away with the vaccine. Um, right. So we're going to have to work hard to make sure that we're fixing the problems, not just for now. We're not just band-aiding an immediate problem, but we're actually cutting out the cancer. And that's going to take a lot of hard work and a lot of hours. We're speaking with Michael Hendricks. He is running for the House District. Uh, which one, Michael? House District 20, southeast Albuquerque, around the area of Four Hills. And uh, we has, uh, he has touched upon some good points related to budget and education. Um, he'd like to sort of create more efficiencies, but... Why not just cut out the early childhood education altogether? Would you be opposed to that? That was something that was implemented. Um, you said it shows that it hasn't been really effective. Um, you know, forget uh, trying to streamline it. We're thirsty. Uh, we're hungry for money right now, and we're starved for capital, as you just mentioned, both oil and uh, the gross receipts tax uh, coming to some record lows. And, you know, half of New Mexico, as you know, is shut down. Why not just cut out early childhood education? Well, I, I, in the immediate, you're exactly right, Eddie. I mean, the fact is is that it's not being used a whole lot right this second. We funded it, but it's not being used a whole lot simply because of the situation that we find ourselves in with the pandemic and being, people being at home to a greater extent. Um, and I agree for the future. Now, I will say that in order for people to get to work, some people work lower-level jobs that pay less money. It's not a bad idea to be able to have some support for them um, but not that, in the but form that's of, not education, though. That would be something right. more along the lines of daycare. Yes, and while they're at the daycare having some learning ABCs and learning how to write their numbers and their colors and so on and so forth, I think that's all productive. Uh, in fact, my sister has been a personal nanny for years, 
uh, is not now, but raised the same two girls for by, for a very uh, well-to-do family for I would I'm going to have to say like 13 or 14 years. And she was one of the reasons the girls did so well in school. Not only were they naturally smart, but she took the time to make sure that it, when she was nannying, she wasn't just making sure they stayed out of trouble. She had a structure. Um, so I think having a structure that includes educational elements is good. But putting 450 to $500 million into an early child educa- uh, childhood education budget when the stats do not show that it is very beneficial for the kids, I think, is a, is a waste of money and something that we're going to have to really look at strongly. And, yes, I am in favor of reducing that to almost zero. Let's go to crime uh, for a moment here and uh, just discuss it. Uh, obviously, uh, you heard me talk about with the Department of Public Safety. Uh, he was relieved of his duties or and or forced out of his uh, situation. I got the information yesterday. The reason why was because he didn't want to uh, do the mask enforcement uh, he didn't think that the state police officers or various other, uh, you know, law enforcement entities should be the ones to basically uh, enforce that. But, you know, we've got a real crime problem. Uh, Albuquerque, record number of homicides, 82. You've heard my correspondence with, with Mike Geyer. Um, you up in Four Hills. I mean, I remember when the three children that uh, were murdered and shot uh, up yep. there. I remember when the man was that was sta- uh, stabbed in the uh, stabbed the day after Christmas, three, four years ago up in Four Hills. I mean, we've got a real crime problem, Michael. What is your solution, and and uh, how can we get the Democrats to pay attention? Well, the, I think the solution is going to be various. Uh, it's going to have to be many different, uh, kind of like an onion. It's going to have a lot of layers to it. Um, but we have to work on it piece by piece, and I think one of the ways that we do that is is by having uh, efficient and effective programs that will allow us to address it. Um, I've talked about this before, and my opponent has hit me on this. I believe, <clears throat> based on the stats that we have, a higher rate of homelessness automatically folds into a higher rate of criminal activity in a certain area. Um, and, of course, my opponent says, no, the homeless are victims. And you know, I agree there are some of the people who are homeless that are victims. But whether you're a victim or not doesn't mean that you don't need to satisfy your basic needs, Right. Um, so many times in trying to satisfy your basic needs, you end up doing things uh, in order to get the money to buy food and, and, and other things like that, um, which can incru- include criminal activity, breaking into a person's home and stealing basic small items and, um, and so on and so forth. So we're going to have to start addressing the root causes of things, but also addressing the, the higher level, right? Um, being able to address the, the violent crimes. And I think having a federal government cooperation um, allows us to be able to address more effectively while we're still trying to build up our police force. Because right now, we just don't have the manpower to really address the crime problem that we have. So right. and I was very 86, glad. Right, and you have 86% of those police officers looking for employment something else, uh, somewhere else. Right. Uh, what, one more thing, since you've been listening to the Operation Legend stuff, uh, Tim Keller finally did sign off on, on that uh, apparently like four to six weeks ago. Uh, but this is something that should have happened way ahead of time. And I know that you're an immigration attorney. Uh, you yes. know, we have here the uh, the Albuquerque Police Department uh, non-cooperation with uh, the uh, non-ICE uh, or the ICE detainers and all that. If you could, just for a minute, educate us on that. And how could you change things here in the state to make it more workable so we can track down these criminals? So we have the Talamantes or, you know, Mrs. Vigil, uh her murder not solved for, for nearly a year. 
Well, I, a lot of people have a misunderstanding of uh, a person being here in an undocumented format. It means they came into the, the country without having proper documentation. Generally, that means that they came in unlawfully. Um, when that happens, the person has broken the law. A lot of people are like, there's nothing about breaking the law. And I'm like, yes, 8 U.S.C. Um, um, man, I just forgot the provision of law, but <laughs> it is in there. Uh, 1205, I think, is what it is. So I'll have to look it up. But um, there is a law, a misdemeanor, a federal misdemeanor for entering the law without permission. Um, and so the law is actually entering the United States illegally, right? Um, so there is a law that's being broken. So that means the person, and I tell a lot of people who come in, they're like, are, are the, is the government looking for me? And I'm like, look, you're a very low priority. But if they find you, they have all the rights to take you into custody. And that's a person that hasn't committed a crime to detain you and then put you in removal proceedings because you are here without permission. But that's not even what an ICE detainer is. A nice detainer is when a person has been uh, caught, detected rather, caught and then arrested for some criminal um, activity. Whether they are guilty of that crime or not does not matter. They've been put into the system. Their fingerprints have been taken. They've been processed, and now they're in MDC or another jail, um, and they're being held for their um, <clears throat> specific case to go forward. The detainer just says, I send and says, hey, we have seen this person get put in. We want to give notice to the local authorities that we have an interest in this person because this person may meet the qualifications for someone that we need to, we need to talk to and to put in detention for ICE proceedings. So don't let them go. Hold on to them. And then when you're done with them in your jurisdiction, we want to be able to come pick them up and talk to them. Um, and so that is a – it's not just not cooperating. It's actually impeding federal investigations. Um, so that's that's the problem that exists there. And I know a lot of my clients are like, I'm so happy that they're not doing it. I'm like, look, I understand the emotional level of being appreciative. But what if it was one of your family members that was killed by right. someone who exactly. the police just let out? Precisely, I said, yeah. so you're here without permission, but but let's just take that out of it. Let's just say that they let this person out and then they go and kill your son. I'm like, that, that, that doesn't make sense to me, and it doesn't make sense to you. Wouldn't you have preferred for ICE to be able to do their job right. and be able to make sure that that person can't harm anybody else here um, instead of just letting them out free and clear um, amongst the population? Michael, thank you so much uh, for joining us. This is a good uh, coverage, of, and I think you'd make a, a great House member up in Santa Fe. I certainly presenting these arguments, and I look forward to you uh, speaking again next week about, more about this. Uh, particularly crime, which is something that you know something about uh, uh, here. And uh, as always, uh, we appreciate you uh, being here in Akiva. Thank you very much for having me, Eddie. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. 550-5500. That's 550-5500. We have uh, Michael Hendricks, and uh, he will be joining us again one more time, maybe two more times before that we get to the uh, final day of election, although there's 41% of the people who have already voted here in this election. So pretty incredible, uh, the high turnout. More candidates, interviews when we return right after the break. <laughs> 